Last week, or the week before rather, the IMF, a conglomerate of 190 countries around the world that was formed at Bretton Woods, came out publicly and said, we want a new Bretton Woods. So here you have the governments of the world coming out and saying, we want a new Bretton Woods. I find that we get such poor information, at least in terms of its, in terms of the content from the media. No one hears about this. No one knows that the IMF is calling for a new Bretton Woods, or that gold is now a tier one asset, or that the central banks are, are massively accumulating it, or that the world central banks are pulling their gold home. Why make such a concerted effort to reclassify gold, to bring it home in your possession, to take it off of the exchanges, and now you see ahead of whatever's coming next, the IMF saying we want a new system. And then you see the World Economic Forum saying the Great Reset. If you have not been looking at C60 as a means to significantly improve your health and your immunities, you should be. Here's why. First, a strong and healthy immune system is your body's first defense. And for those with a strong immune system, your body will adequately fight illnesses without medical intervention. Second, C60 is safe. As long as you're taking a high quality C60 with no added fillers or solvents. Third, C60 is the best means of removing free radicals from your body that exist. It's at least 200 times better at this function than vitamin C and any other antioxidant. This is the magic. When you free up your body's resources from fighting free radicals, they then can focus their attention on healing. Every person has different needs, but the magic begins when your body can start to heal. So now it becomes clear, you need the best free radical fighter that exists, and that is C60 with black seed oil and curcumin. Go to sarahwestel.com shop and learn more about why this formula is so powerful. Also available by diffuser with ultra, ultra refined C60 oil to safely get directly into your lungs. It's also the best way to help your family pets by just being in the same room. Be sure to read the research and of course, use the current coupons to save money when you buy. Patrons also receive a 10% discount. You can find that code at patreon.com slash Remember, keeping you and your family safe is the most important thing you can do. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Andy Sheckman coming back, and we're going to talk about all the things going on in the economy with the dollar, uh, the digital dollar, the IMF, what they're doing, the central bankers, the Federal Reserve. There is a lot going on. You don't hear anybody talking about it. You know, the mass media, it's, we're completely dumbed down. It's very important that we're talking about it. That we talked about Jackson Hole uh, annual meeting for the bankers with uh, did with Harley Schlanger about how they're talking about putting out this digital currency and a worldwide dictatorship. Well, they are they pulled the trigger on all these things, and this is what's happening. And Andy Sheckman's going step by step on all the things that's led up to this and what's happening as of just recently, just this last week, and how all these pieces are fitting together. And you know the the global economic forum. World Economic Forum, rather, and what they're doing there. I did that little documentary on what they're doing and that how that all ties into this global reset. Their next one in Davos that's coming up here soon, they're calling it the the globe, the Great Reset. I mean, it's all happening. They essentially 
pulled the trigger on their plan that they've been doing for the last couple decades and everything that Andy talks about now is building up or all the different actions that are showing you that they're doing this. So this is a great interview, uh, educational interview and I want to remind you that gold and silver, one of the few places that you can put your money and be safe. We don't know what's really going to happen. And so it's a great place just to be safe. And Andy says that if you put my name, when you email him, Andy at, at uh, milesfranklin.com, you'll get the best prices in the industry. And I highly, highly recommend that you at least have some silver on hand. I don't know how it could get that much more chaotic since we're so chaotic, but honestly, I think it could. And so you've got a plan and I, you have no idea what is coming. And we, it's better to be safe than sorry. And I want to tell you, I also have sarahwestall.tv. I'm available on Roku and Apple TV, and it's a subscription service. It's another way to get my information out there and to also raise a little bit of funds. And um, I don't know what's going on with Patreon. With they, they've deleted so many accounts, and I'm just so concerned about all this that I am doing a lot of backups. And so the subscription, I'll have a lot of free stuff up there too. And then I'll be running it much like Patreon where my uh, exclusives will be up there behind the firewall. If I do anything that I'm worried I can't show publicly, I'll put that behind the firewall as well. So much like how I do with Patreon. So I want to remind you of that. And I want to remind you to sign up for all my other platforms so that people know where to find me. Get on my newsletter and get on my other platforms. You can subscribe to wherever you want to. I'm on all sorts of different platforms. My main uh, video platforms are BitChute and Library and Odyssey. Odyssey has my entire library that YouTube deleted. So I, you can get all of my stuff. It's on my website as well, but my website is still linking to a lot of those deleted videos. But on Odyssey and Library, you can get it all. And BitChute has everything from about three year, two, three years ago, they have quite a bit as well. So you're not lacking on at least having other avenues to get my information, but go to sarahwestall.com slash subscribe, and that's where you can find all my other channels. There is a link at the top, my front page of my website, you'll see the link at the very top to get that as well. So let's get into this interview with Andy Sheckman. Hi Andy, welcome back to the program. Hi, Sarah. Great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love talking to you. And it's time for us to do a recap and look at, you know, everything that we've been talking about is happening. And there's more and more actions to prove that what we've been saying is actually really indeed going on. And what I'd like to do is just ask you where you see things right now and what actions are the big investors taking that gives you an indication of where we're going. Sure, absolutely. So, and there is a lot happening. So, I just want to, I want to go back a little bit for your listeners who haven't heard, and and kind of set the narrative, and then we can see where we're at today. So, let's go all the way back to 2017. So, first of all, in 2017, the world central bankers were all net sellers of gold at that point, right? Uh, and all of a sudden, in 2017, the German Bundesbank came out and made a public announcement saying that. Uh, they wanted to repatriate all of their gold from the New York Federal Reserve, and they used a 2020 firm hard deadline as their date uh, at that point to have everything repatriated back. Shortly thereafter, now keep in mind that 2020 number, shortly thereafter, the Bank of Austria, the Dutch Central Bank, 
Bank of Poland, the Bank of Hungary, they all started bringing their gold home, repatriating it from the Bank of England, from Paris, from the New York Federal Reserve, physical possession, taking physical possession, removing counterparty risk was kind of the central narrative there. In fact, one of the interesting things that came out at that time, I'm going to read it here, the, uh, the, uh, the Dutch central bank said, uh, gold is the anchor of trust for the financial system. If the system collapses, the gold stock can serve as a basis to build it up again. Gold bolsters confidence in the stability of the central bank's balance sheet and creates a sense of security. Well, that was said in April of 2019 by the Dutch Central Bank, almost to the day that we saw the Basel III reclassification of gold as the world's only other tier one asset. Now, that is something I've been harping on for such a long time that since Bretton Woods, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Now, Bretton Woods, for your listeners, that was a meeting in 1944 in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, where it was a meeting of the Allies after the war who agreed to peg their currency to the dollar at a fixed rate of gold and more or less anoint the dollar as the world reserve currency, supplanting the uh, British um, uh, pound, or it was the sterling pound, rather, uh, and also anointing the U.S. Treasury as the only tier one asset. Now, by central bank speak, if you were to Google tier one asset, it's a riskless asset. So the central banks from that point forward would view the dollar as the world reserve backed by gold and U.S. treasuries as the only tier one asset on the planet. And really what that did was that would enable people to take their gold, give it to the Fed, uh, which wasn't earning any interest. The Fed would then pay them money, dollars, they would take those dollars and buy treasuries, which were a tier one asset, the ultimate form of collateral, which would then pay them interest. And they could take their dollars and those treasuries, convert them back into gold. It was redeemable. So it was a way for them to take that gold that wasn't earning any interest, give it to the Fed, who would hold it, give them back dollars and treasuries, which were as good as gold, and treasuries would enable them to trade throughout the world with the tier one status. So that's where we were at that point, right? So if we now look forward on top of the Basel III agreement, we see something very interesting happening on the COMEX market um, this year. And, and so normally on the COMEX market where commodities are, are traded, we would have commercial banks trading with the speculators, the funds, the specs. And normally if the specs would go long, the commercials would go short. And on the COMEX market, Sarah, as long as I've been doing this, maybe 1% of gold contracts and silver contracts would settle for delivery. Normally they would just close out, they would be cash settled. No one ever would stand for delivery, right? Over the last year, something very interesting has happened. And that is that the category of others, it's a third category. These are the wealthiest people in the world. Typically they're sovereign wealth funds, family offices and super high net worth individuals largely trading on what's called the Globex platform. It's a, uh, it's a discrete platform, more or less reserved for the wealthiest people in the world. Well, these people are challenging the commercial banks. They are standing for delivery every single delivery a month. Normally, you never see that. These others are taking delivery of as much metal in a month as we typically see in a year. And if this continues, they will completely break the COMEX market because they're pulling all their metal off. Now, here we go. We see another theme of 
removal of counterparty risk. First, it was the central banks. Now it's the wealthiest people, the sovereign wealth funds and the family offices. They're standing for delivery on the COMEX because normally the commercial banks would short, naked short to drive the price down. Naked meaning they didn't have the metal behind the short position. So that the, they would always win because they had enough firepower to keep dropping it and dropping it until the speculators gave up. The others don't care. They are standing for delivery and say, I don't care. Drive the price down. I want it. Give it to me. So then they need to go out and buy it. This is holding the commercial banks back from really aggressively shorting the price because they know people are standing for delivery. So we have the most wealthy, sophisticated investors in the world, first of all, reclassifying gold as a tier one asset. They have been the central banks massively accumulating it since 2018, a year before the Basel III reclassification. Central banks have been voraciously buying it since 2018. The banks before that have been pulling it out of the New York Fed, the Bank of England, the London Metals Exchange. They're all taking possession. Now you see the wealthy people taking possession. So now we look at what happened last week. Last week, or the week before, rather, the IMF, a conglomerate of 190 countries around the world that was formed at Bretton Woods, came out publicly and said, we want a new Bretton Woods. So here you have the governments of the world coming out and saying, we want a new Bretton Woods. What does it mean to get, have a that new Bretton Woods? A new standard. At the Bretton Woods in, in 1944, it anointed the dollar as the world reserve currency. So now the countries say, we want a new one. What does that mean? Does that mean we want a new currency, a new system? Remember, Germany said 2020 hard deadline. All of these Eastern Euro and Western European countries pulling their gold back, holding it in their possession. Uh, the big, big, big sophisticated money that we don't know who it is, we're assuming they're sovereign wealth funds and family offices and billionaires, pulling it off the exchanges, taking possession of it, getting it out of harm's way. Uh, and then you see a call by 190 countries comprising the IMF saying, we want a new Bretton Woods. These things are beginning to happen in breakneck speed. And then, do you know there is a World Economic Forum happening in a, in a month or two? I think that's in Davos, Switzerland. Yes, it is. Do you know is. what the name of that is? Do I know what the what? Do you know what the name of this one is? The what? name of the 2020. What is the it? Great reset, the oh, Great yes. Reset. Yeah. So you have the most sophisticated, well-funded, well-informed people on the world in the world telling you what they are doing. They're leaving crumbs. They're leaving a trail of information along the way. Now, you and I were talking offline that we get such poor information, at least in terms of, its, in terms of the content from the media. No one hears about this. No one knows that the IMF is calling for a new Bretton Woods or that gold is now a tier one asset or that the central banks are are massively accumulating it, or that the world central banks are pulling their gold home. Why make such a concerted effort to reclassify gold, to bring it home in your possession, to take it off of the exchanges, and now you see ahead of whatever's coming next, the IMF saying, we want a new system. And then you see the World Economic Forum saying, the Great Reset. I got to tell you, the World Economic Forum has been planning this Great Reset for decades. This is not something they're doing overnight. I did a documentary that I really highly pe recommend that people watch to see what's behind all of this. They have COVID at the World Economic Forum as their front page, and, and it's like 200 layers deep, and I'm not kidding, of redefining 
everything in the world to detail on how the society is going to run. And well, digital dollar is one of it. Well, I'd like to talk about the digital dollar for a moment, too. But, you know, it, it makes it so hard to not be conspiratorialist. To but, think, no, that's on their geez, site, though. You know? I get it. No, 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 I get it. What I mean is that it makes people wonder, well, Jesus, COVID, was it planned? Yeah. Certainly it feels that way because all of the Western, all of the Western countries of the world, they all suffered the same fate. And they've all blown up. They're debasing their currency as fast as can be. They are racing to the bottom. They're destroying their currencies. And they're getting a free pass for it. No one's giving them crap about it because, well, it's because of COVID. They're blowing up the Keynesian economic system. So there's two, really, there's two types of economic systems. Without going too deep into it, you have the Austrian school, which I look at as in the three little pigs, that's the brick house. The Austrian School of Economics says we let interest, we let the market uh, um, find where the equilibrium is for interest rates, but they also say that it is a, a system that is based upon savings, investment, and reinvestment. Savings, investment, and reinvestment. That is what the uh, Austrian-based system is. And you can weather storms and you can weather turndowns when you have a, a rich savings and you have the ability to to weather a slowdown. But the Keynesian-based system is a mountain of debt or a blanket of debt held up by consumption and spending. And if you stop consumption and spending, the debt smothers you. So all of the worlds at the same time are being, all of the world economies at the same time are being destroyed by the actions of their governments. And at the same time, the economies are blowing up. They're all printing their currencies into worthlessness to make paying off that debt a little bit easier to suck as much out of the system as they possibly can. So in on a white night comes a digital currency. One of the reasons I believe that the Fed wants a digital currency so badly is because they're not getting inflation. Now, many people listening might say, well, geez, didn't they create $4 trillion this year alone? Isn't our deficit $4 trillion? Didn't they create $9 trillion since, since September? And the answer is yes, they did. But that money, the, the process of quantitative easing, something that needs to be addressed when we talk about the digital currency, because it's deflationary. It's not inflationary. People think it's inflationary. And here's the reason why. There are primary banks, let's call them the commercial banks, that buy bonds from the Federal Reserve, right? Those bonds sit on the balance sheets of the banks. When the Fed comes in to quantitative ease, they are obliged by law to sell those bonds back to the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve comes and sucks liquidity out of the system, puts those bonds back on their balance sheet, so their balance sheet grows. That drives down interest rates. The buying of the bonds in the secondary market pushes interest rates low, which allows them to see raising of, of asset prices, but the money for that doesn't go back to the commercial banks. The money sits in the Federal Reserve Bank in a ledger or a reserve account in the name of the commercial bank. And the only way that they can access that money and create money in this system is through lending. Lending is what creates money. It is lent into existence. The Fed can create all the money they want, but it doesn't get into the system unless it is lent by the commercial banks. Well, last time we talked, or two times ago, we talked about the repo market back in September of 19, where the repo market, which is the overnight lending mechanism of the banks, was blowing up. Their balance sheets are blowing up. The banks don't want to lend. And when you look at the last eight, nine, 10 months 
all of the loans they've made to all of the companies around the globe that are dying, hanging on by a thread are already gone. Their balance sheets are in tatters, so they don't want to lend. In other words, they're not playing ball with the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve says, hmm, well, we can raise or lower interest rates. Uh, we can add things to our balance sheet through BlackRock and the Treasury. In other words, we can buy corporate bonds and junk bonds, things we've never been able to do before, keep interest rates low. Uh, we, can, we can buy ETFs through BlackRock and, and buoy the stock market to levels never seen before with 50 million people unemployed, uh, detached completely from reality. Main Street and the, and the stock market are totally detached, but what we can't do is create inflation. So what do we do? Hmm. How about we go to Congress and say, we need a digital dollar, a new digital dollar? Because remember, as Nancy Pelosi said, COVID can live on currency. So now no one will complain about it. But what does that enable the Federal Reserve to do? It enables them to usurp the runaround, go around the commercial banks, and put money right into your pocket. Now, the banks don't have to lend it into existence. It is now lent into or given into existence to everyone who has a Fed wallet. And if they really want to create velocity, because right now, velocity is at its lowest level maybe ever because the banks aren't lending. People are saving. They're, they're, they're not speculating. They're not buying things. They're saving. And the velocity of money is slow. Well, some people think if the Fed gets its wish and we get the Fed wallet, not only does it ignite the fuse pipe or inflation because there's so much money sitting on the balance sheets in these reserve accounts from the quantitative easing, but it also, they could say, well, listen, Sarah, we're going to give you $5,000 for holiday shopping, but if you don't use it by December 21st, it's gone. In other words, they can put a timestamp on money that they deposit directly into people's Federal Reserve wallets. And if it isn't used to stimulate the economy to create that velocity, to create that inflation, well, they'll just take it away from you. It will make everybody get out there and buy things. At the same time that no one is being productive, no one's being productive, half of the adult population isn't working, and they want to give money to create inflation and velocity. What does that sound like? Fewer products and services, fewer stuff because no one's working, and more money. Well, that's inflation. You're going to get massive inflation. At the same time, you have little or no productivity. That's stagflation, 70s style. Hyperstagflation is what could come if the Fed gets their wishes. But the bottom line with all of this is simply, if I had to sum it up, I would say you have the most well-funded, well-informed, influential people in the world calling for a new system, taking money off the exchanges, taking possession of their gold, bringing their gold home from the exchanges, from the Federal Reserve, from the Bank of England, because something is happening. And as the German Bundesbank said, 2020 is our hard, fast deadline. And now the World Economic Forum calls it the Great Reset. And the Bank of International Settlements classified gold as the only other tier one asset, giving them an escape valve. So when your listeners out there see the price doing this, it's noise. It is complete and total noise. Gold and silver are being accumulated by the wealthiest people in the world. And another way of saying that is they're de-dollarizing. They're quietly selling dollars. And how do you keep the public how do you keep the public from jumping on that trade? You create volatility within a trading range, and you control the rhetoric. So no one talks about gold and silver. There still is volatility within a trading range. It keeps them from looking 
at gold and silver as the stock market, without justification, makes all-time highs with half of the world unemployed. Oh, we haven't talked about the bond market yet, a market that is trending toward zero on interest rates. When you look at the 10-year treasury at seven-tenths of a percent with inflation running two, three times that minimum and, and trending higher, it's a fool's errand. You're guaranteed, guaranteed to lose money. And so the bottom line is the alternatives, stocks, bonds, real estate, they're all interest rate sensitive. And with interest rates at the lowest level in 5,000 years, that's another way of saying the bond market is the most expensive it's been in 5,000 years. It's a sucker's game with, with yields at zero. So where do you put your money safely? Well, look at what the big banks are doing. They're putting it into metal. So I- Well, because no one else knows where to put it. I mean, no one, but let me ask you, okay, what happens to our bank accounts? I mean, people really are kind of freaking out. I mean, they're put, they're put, buying metals because, okay, well, I don't know what else to do. There were some people are buying cryptos. They're kind of spreading things out. What, what happens to the cash in our account when it goes to a digital dollar? Will that be wiped out or will it be replaced by the digital dollar? Isn't that the hundred dollar question? I mean, the million dollar question. I mean, what is going to happen? Well, they wouldn't wipe it out, but it would be it would be converted to at a certain rate. Like in India, when they a few years ago, when they took all the big bills out of circulation. They gave them a very short, finite period of time, convert it, turn it in or it's worthless. So, uh, yeah, it would convert. You'd have new digital dollars in your Fed wallet immediately, I would suspect. And uh, all the paper currency you have has to be turned in immediately. So people won't lose their life savings is what I'm trying to say that if they have $80,000 in their bank account, let's say, um, that won't, that'll be converted. You think it'll be at a discount, right? So maybe it won't be worth 80 anymore. Maybe it'll be worth 60. I mean, we're just, what has other places done? I know it's hard to speculate, but I mean, chances are we're not going to lose everything we have. I mean, people are worried. That's why they're buying silver and gold and, and some cryptos to hedge their bet because they're like, well, what, what the hell happens? If all I have is dollars and they place it, replace it with the digital currency, am I, am, I, am I sitting with zero? Yeah, well, I don't think you'd be sitting with zero. I think you'd have, that's when you would see a revolution where people would take to the streets and a real civil war and a real revolution. Instead, it would, we would be uh, beholden to the new system. See, the reason I think people should own gold and silver, Sarah, is that, A, the central banks are buying it. And I think the only way that, B, that the, the world will ever drink the currency, the fiat currency uh, Kool-Aid ever again is to make it non-fiat, to have it backed by something. Now, in 19, prior to, to 1971, well, at least for the people in this country, prior, prior to 1933, you could go into a bank with a $20 ounce of gold, gold coin, and get a $20 gold certificate. It was, they were interchangeable. They were convertible. <clears throat> that ended in 33. Until 1971, the central banks of the world could do the same thing with the U.S. dollar. They could give you a $20 bill and get back a, an ounce of gold from the, in theory, from the uh, Fed. <clears throat> but when Nixon closed the gold window, then we went completely fiat. And now we're backed by nothing. But the bottom line is, is that I think what will happen is that gold will be pegged to a new world reserve currency. Now, um, I think that this is going to happen maybe in uh, the BRICS nations before it happens here, Brazil, Russia, China, India, South Africa. <coughs> Excuse me. What they're doing, we already saw China issue a new digital yuan. China and Russia 
are the biggest accumulators of gold in the world. One of Putin's uh, um, uh, lead advisors came out yesterday and said, we've accumulated so, or just the other day, rather, we've accumulated so much gold that the the ruble is the most gold-backed currency in the world, even though it's not gold-backed. He's just making an analogy that, hey, we've been buying lots and lots of gold, as have the Chinese. We know the Indians do as well. South Africa is the epicenter of gold, at least gold mines. So you put it all together, you have gold-rich and understanding nations of the world who have made it known that they want to break free of dollar hegemony. I believe they will issue a gold-backed currency to challenge the U.S. dollar. Digital. And I think that's why J.P. Morgan Private Wealth came out a couple of years ago and told, and by the way, that works with the wealthiest investors in the world, the, the sent the millionaires and the billionaires. Well, they, they sent out a letter to their client base that created quite a buzz. And it said, we want you to mitigate your exposure to U.S. dollars because we believe it will be challenged for singular world reserve currency status in the near future. So think here again, all the world pull, all the world central banks pulling their gold home at the same time with 2020 hard deadlines. Think of the IMF calling for a new system. Think of the World Economic Forum saying a great reset. They're all preparing for a new system. And the only way that it would work would be backed by gold. But it won't be convertible like it was because that doesn't give them the latitude to do central banking. What I think they would do is they'd say maybe, okay, every new Fed dollar or every new BRICS nation digital coin will be backed by gold at a, at a percentage of 10%. So 10% of every new dollar in circulation have gold back. That will give them the latitude to, to, central, to do central bank maneuvering, but gold would have to be markedly higher. And I think you'll see it get much, much higher because they've been holding it in this range so they could massively accumulate it. Now, People might say, that sounds like a conspiracy. Remember, J.P. Morgan, the things that you and I have been talking about, they just settled a $920 million fine for manipulating the gold market and the silver market. So you got them and Scotia and Deutsche. They're all settling fines for manipulating the price of gold. Why manipulate it? Well, there are lots of reasons, but I think the biggest is to, to accumulate it in anticipation of this new system. The central banks in 2018 bought more gold than they did in the 60 years previously combined. In 2017, the year before, they were net sellers. All of a sudden, 2018, they start massively accumulating it all the way up till today. But in a year after they started accumulating it, they announced the Basel III, that gold has now been reclassified. They front ran it. The big money is always ahead of all of us. They know what's happening. They are told and given time to prepare. So the big money is holding gold down just enough to not create too much attention and then creating volatility so people don't look here. Gives them the ability to scoop it all up when everyone is enamored with the Dow Jones at all-time highs, ignoring the horrible fundamentals behind it. They don't care. They're not looking under the hood. They're just looking at the pretty body but not looking under the hood and the engine is, is gasping for air. So the bottom line is, is that I think we will see a digital currency, and I think the only way that it will ever gain worldwide acceptance is through a gold backing and, uh, or some sort of a tether that will, because every government of the world, going back to the 1400s and beyond, has chosen the path of whether it be coin clipping or right out uh, printing and massive inflation. They have chosen inflation 
over austerity. They have chosen the easy road. You print instead of default or make the hard choices or cut back on social programs. They won't do that. They'll just inflate the hell out of the currency until it's worthless. So the only way that they will ever get acceptability by the people is by tethering it to something that can't be inflated away like gold. And even a 10% allocation to it would. Now, the distributed ledger portion, two things. One, it would show the gold. Now, who is auditing, auditing it is another question, but it would show the gold on the distributed ledger. But more frightening is if you and I uh, meet for, uh, for lunch someday, since we're both in the same state, the epicenter of craziness here in Minnesota, if you and I met for lunch and you forgot your wallet and you said, hey, uh, um, can I borrow $20 from you on this new currency? I say, sure. Uh, and I send you $20 on your iPhone in your new digital wallet. Well, that goes right on a ledger. Every transaction that we would make would be on a ledger. You would lose all privacy like that. It, it, it will be the blockchain uh, digital currency. You know, they talked about a digital currency a year and a half ago at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, at the central bank's annual meeting. And they talked about it, that they need to create a a worldwide digital currency and they talked about defining budgets for governments not having governments to do their own budgets anymore and they were going to uh, mark their currency uh, to see you know the carbon they're gonna have carbon credits so people can't get access to credit unless they have a low carbon footprint they're talking some scary stuff with this digital currency yeah, well they'll be able to give you money if you're a good boy or girl and take it away from you if you're not. It is very scary. Uh, it, it, in fact, I find it to be um, as, as scary as just about anything out there. It is the loss of our freedom and our liberty. And, you know, um, it, it's interesting that when you go to the bank and try to get cash, you feel like you're a criminal. They ask you, well, what do you need it for? And this is money of the realm. This is our, 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 prerogative if we want, but yet that you can tell there is an all-out assault on cash. The, these days of, of our dollar bills being money are coming to an end. They will be hanging from a frame in the Smithsonian before too long. I think that it's very important people realize that. You know, sometimes I get accused of talking my book. I'll tell you that I've been buying gold and silver every two weeks for 30 years. I've never missed a two-week period ever in 30 years. To me, it is not it's nothing but wealth. And what gold and silver are, especially in these crazy times of uncertainty, uh, of, of, of frightening chaos, uh, and not knowing what's coming next, I look to gold and silver as something that for 6,000 years has outlived every world war, every hyperinflation, every pandemic, every Great Depression, everything, and still has value. And I think even the world leaders understand this. And if you go back to 2017 at the Bundesbank's comment of 2020 being a hard, fast deadline, look at what everyone's doing up to it. The World Economic Forum's meeting this year is called the Great Reset. The call at Jackson Hole for a digital currency. Nancy Pelosi calling for it in March in her House Subcommittee Finance Bill, reclassifying gold as a tier one asset. They have thrown crumbs all over, but the problem is, is that all of the media, it's controlled by five or six companies who disseminate what we are told to hear. And then when courageous people like you try to tell the world, no, this isn't true, this is true, they try to censor you and shut you down. That's right up there, 1A and 1B 
in terms of digital currency and censorship of truth tellers, wonderful people like you, in terms of what scares the hell out of me. The fact that our, our First Amendment rights are being destroyed, if, if, if Biden and, and Kamala Harris oh, yeah. our Second Amendment rights will probably be destroyed, and, and our currency is being destroyed by the Federal Reserve, and now they want to take it away, the anonymity of having dollar bills take, take it away and be under their thumb with a digital footprint that would know if I gave you a $20 bill to go get a cup of coffee so or a $20 digital token. So the bottom line is these things are changing. And you know what? When I think about it, um, if I had $20 million, where would I put my money? Let's talk about that for 10 seconds. Number one, you have the stock market at all-time highs, price-to-earning ratios right now at all-time highs with half of the world unemployed. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. It is completely detached. It's completely detached from from Main Street. Normally, that's the tail wagging the dog. Normally, the stock market is supposed to be a reflection of Main Street, not completely detached, illusionary. The bond market, as we just mentioned, interest rates at 5,000-year lows. That's another way of saying bonds are at 5,000-year highs. Unless we go negative, completely negative, issued by an insolvent government, I might add, you're out of your mind. So real estate, well, that's a function of interest rates. And with interest rates held at these levels, when interest rates rise, the real estate market collapses. What that says to me is that as interest rates rise, it is the perfect storm to crush stocks, bonds, and real estate. And ultimately, just like interest rates are at all-time lows right now, I believe they will get to all-time highs. If you saw the Chinese and the, and the BRICS nations issue a digital currency tonight, by tomorrow or the end of this week or Monday morning, you would see the dollar plummeting and interest rates skyrocketing. This is going to happen. It's going to happen because no one in their right mind would buy a 10-year treasury right now, yielding seven-tenths of a percent by an insolvent government running inflation three, four times what it is. You know, Sarah, when I started in this industry in 1990, you could buy a, a 10-year treasury at 7%, put a million dollars in, make 70 grand a year. In, in interest and not touch your principal. Now you'd have to put $10 million into that to earn that same $70,000. There are no safe places to put your money. There's a group called Ibbotson who was bought by Morningstar. Ibbotson is out of Chicago, I-B-B-O-T-S-O-N. They're now a division of Morningstar, the mutual fund rating agency. And they came out not too long ago and said because of all the inflated asset prices and the ultra-low manipulated interest rates, Stocks, bonds, and real estate are now all positively correlated. Stocks and bonds used to be inversely correlated. Risk on stocks, risk off bonds. Now they're all positively correlated. And if interest rates rise, they all collapse. They said the only inversely correlated asset any longer to the U.S. stock market, and I would add to the U.S. dollar, are precious metals. Put it all together, it gives you safety from a collapsing market, safety from a debasing dollar, and look at what the big money is doing. Not only are they accumulating it, they've called it a riskless asset. Gold, as a tier one asset, is riskless. Follow what the big money is doing. I'm not talking my book. I'm telling you there is no other safe place to put your money. Now, you could argue cryptocurrencies, maybe, but they don't have a history of, of, of safety. And, you know, could the government, people say, well, the government could confiscate gold. Yeah, and they could also make owning Bitcoin illegal. I don't know. Um, Who's to say they wouldn't? Uh, would people comply? Well, they didn't really comply in 1933 when we were supposed to turn in our gold. Some did, most didn't. 
it's not a patriotic country anymore because our government seemingly doesn't work, look out for us. So people have lost that sense of patriotism. I don't know what's going to happen, but I will tell you, to me, the things that I talk about, gold and silver, it's nothing other than wealth. It's not uh, an investment. To me, it's money. It's wealth. It's been that way for 6,000 years and will continue to be, no matter how this plays out, whether we see massive hyperinflation or the Great Depression. People always know that metals are great for inflation. They'll retain your purchasing power. But in a depression or a massive deflation, gold and silver are the only assets that are not simultaneously someone else's liability. And ask someone who has made gazillions of dollars owning apartment buildings for a long time, ask them what, uh, what liability or counterparty risk is all about. They haven't been getting paid any money for the last year. They'll have to pay their, their, their interest on their mortgage or their mortgage payment. They have to pay their insurance. They have to pay their taxes. There's counterparty risk everywhere, but gold and silver are not. And so that's why we- It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. I, I, I agree 100%. I think it's pretty obvious right now. I'm like, I don't- know what else to do so okay so how do people get hold of you because it's really important and i've been telling people on the street you know what do i do i'm like well at least buy a hundred dollars of silver i mean you have to have something i mean honest to god you got to do something with what you have because right now we are this is a it's very serious and we're coming to the end and they need to have some of that on hand if just as a backdrop in the worst case you can sell it again but i would have something even if you don't have much money you have to have something on hand okay where can they reach you because you're the best oh you're so awesome sarah so they can email me at andy at miles franklin andy at miles franklin.com put sarah sent me or uh sarah westall in the subject line and I will make sure that your listeners get the very, very best price in America. A couple of things I'd like to mention. One, there's so much identity theft and fraud in this industry. I have made the decision, although I could change it, I've made the decision to be old school. In a world of digital, we are analog, and I think that's where precious metals belong, off the grid. So they email me or call my 800 number, 255-1129. That goes right to me. 800-255-1129, that is my direct dial. Between the email or the phone number, they will get me. And remember, our state of Minnesota, you can say a lot of things about it these days, but the one thing in terms of precious metals, it's the only state in the country where you have to be licensed and bonded. And therefore, almost all my peers have boycotted Minnesota because they would have to be subservient to the commissioner and Department of Commerce the way we are. The two big things that make them not wanna be here annualize the three big things the annualized background checks of every employee and principal myself included every year if there's a felony related to financial services you are forever disqualified from selling gold in minnesota number two continuing education and compliance that no one else in the country has to abide by and the biggie we have a surety bond a seven-figure surety bond that we have in place that we are mandated to have in place as a condition of doing business. So if someone were to own a precious metals company, say in Colorado, and sold metals into the state of Minnesota, if they were not bonded, licensed, and background checked by the Department of Commerce here, they would be disqualified to go after them. So no one does business in the state because of it. But what it means to your listeners is that they've guaranteed the safest transaction in the industry. And because I care so much about what you are doing, I will personally reply to their emails 
and I will make sure they get the best price and the best service in the industry. And uh, I just want to say I, I am horrified by what has happened to you and all the wonderful people out there who are trying to tell the truth. And YouTube pulling your your, your channels down uh, is just awful. It's frightening. The the abolishment of the of the First Amendment on top of the lack of information we're getting from the mainstream media. Uh, it's the least I can do is to is to do my best to help your listeners and uh, um, it, it just means a lot to me to be part of what you're doing, Sarah, and, and I hope that you'll continue fighting the fight because uh, I, for one, appreciate it greatly. Well, we can't stop sharing truth because the mass media gives you, like all the things you talked about today, you won't hear it anywhere. No. Nowhere. We're the Wall Street Journal. They, you know, they're supposed to be the beacon of financial and economic news. You're not going to hear anything quite like this. So where are you going to learn the truth other than from channels like mine and you? You're not. And you're, you're not. And so we have to keep doing this. So I just appreciate you coming on and telling us what's really going on and educating people because they need to hear it. They need to figure this out and they need to know that we can't all be dumbed down children forever. We need no. to be exposed to this. Well, and think about it. When, when the International Monetary Fund was, was um, uh, formed at Bretton Woods in 1944, it anointed the dollar as the world reserve currency. If you have 190 countries, if you go to the International Monetary Fund's website, the first thing you'll see is we call for a new Bretton Woods. When 190 countries from around the world are saying, we want a new Bretton Woods, don't you think the American people should know that? When Bretton Woods anointed the dollar as the world reserve currency, and now the, these 190 countries say, we want a new system, and we don't know about it? It's a joke. <laughs> I it's think awful. so. so that's, that's, uh, it's that's awful. Frightening to me. It's true. It's, it is. It's, it, I don't... I, I don't even have a word for it right now. To keep people that ignorant is, uh, it's evil, is the well, only word that I can. It's a whole lot easier to force changes upon people under the guise of, well, we're here to help, if they're yeah. dumbed down, if they're kept from yeah. knowing what's really happening. Yet they still sprinkle crumbs out there. If you dig deep enough, you'll find it. Because then once it happens, they can say, well, we told you. We told you. <laughs> told you yeah well, right part. right so you gotta look hard but anyways i am just uh I, I just to me it's frightening when we see our first amendment rights being taken away and tabled so i uh, I, I applaud you for having the courage to continue fighting and i as long as you'll have me will keep coming back and sharing whatever i can to uh, uh to to talk with your listeners about and um that's all I got. I would like to just say one last thing. Uh, you know, I'm not making any projections. I personally hope Donald Trump wins again. Uh, if he doesn't, if Trump doesn't, look for December to be one hell of a, a, a month in the market because he's come out and said that Biden has that we're going to raise capital gains taxes. So going back to what we were saying earlier, stock market at all time highs, even the most ardent stock bulls, people who have been making money for years in the stock market have to notice that the market is detached from Main Street. And all these people with huge profits, if they don't sell as capital gains uh, rates are going to go way up in January, I'll, I'll, I'd eat my hat. They're smart enough to know that taxes are going higher and the market is unjustly overvalued. May go higher. Maybe it will as the Fed keeps printing, but I wouldn't take that bet. And the the people who are semi-intelligent, who are sitting on gains, who know that this is going to happen, they'll sell. 
And at the same time, Goldman Sachs just came out and said, well, if Biden wins, the new green agenda will push, push silver above 50. Be alert. One last thing. If Trump wins, and I hope he does, everyone better embrace their Second Absolutely. Amendment rights. Living here in Minnesota, the things that I have seen is unbelievable. And they will riot and pitchfork and burn and loot and the whole nine yards. This is not the end of this story. And I think that the last eight weeks of this year are going to be something to sit back and watch. And uh, hopefully it's peaceful, but I have a feeling it won't be and it won't be calm. And I think people need to be on the edge of their seats watching and make preparations. I think now is the time to buy some more gold and silver. I'd say that with 100% objectivity. Worst case, make sure your car is, is full, make sure you have bullets in your gun, and make sure you have at least $100 worth of silver. And I'm not kidding. That's kind of, and maybe some food and water. I mean, I, who knows what's going to happen? And, you know, I'll add one other thing, and, and this sounds contrary to what we were saying. Everyone should have as much cash as they can at home, 1000 5,000, whatever, in small bills, ones, fives, tens, and twenties, no fifties or hundreds. Because even though you may see a collapse of the currency, when it happens at first, currency will be king. Think back to what happened in Greece, and they can only get like 80 bucks a day out of the ATMs. No one had any money. So have some cash, have some food, have some gold, have a gun, have some bullets, be prepared. And what's the worst thing that happens if you're prepared? Nothing. Uh, and if, uh, if, if you need it, you're damn glad you have it. So anyway, Sarah, I'll let you run. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. All the best to you and your family. And I'm always just a phone call away to jump back on and lend my two cents. And, uh, I appreciate the opportunity. That's for sure. Thank you. So, thank you so much, Andy. You're welcome, Sarah. Have a good rest of your day. I hope to talk to you soon.